Hey, I wanted to let you know I am releasing a book this spring, this April, actually. It's my very first book, and it is so near and dear to my heart. It's called Sexless in the City, a sometimes sassy, sometimes painful, always honest look at dating, desire, and sex. And I truly believe it will encourage and equip you to navigate faith, desire, intimacy, and relationships free from shame and fear and with a holistic and biblical vision. I would be so grateful if you snagged a copy. You can actually pre-order it right now on Amazon.com or Kindle, Audible, Barnes & Noble, or honestly, anywhere you purchase books. When you pre-order it, please send me an email at social at therefinedwoman.com because I would love to send you some free goodies and resources as a thank you. All right, let's get to the podcast. Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris, and I'm just so glad you're here. This podcast is designed to dig below the surface. We're going to talk about everything from life to love and pretty much everything in between. So go ahead and leave that Superman cape of having it all together at the door because life is freaking messy. Don't I know it. Now, not only are we going to be real, we're going to have some fun too, because Lord knows I will find any excuse to bring up Beyonce or the latest episode of The Bachelorette. So if you're a new friend, welcome. Make sure you're subscribed to the Refined Collective podcast on iTunes. And if you're an old friend, welcome back. And would you do me a quick favor? Hop on over to iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and written review. I would be so grateful. Finally, if something stands out to you in this episode, go on and slide into my DMs on Instagram. I love hearing from you. It's at The Refined Woman. Now let's go ahead and get to it. Welcome to The Refined Collective Podcast. I am your host, Kat Harris. I'm so excited for another episode of the show. First of all, I want to give a special shout out to my Patreon community. Y'all have freaking been showing up. You guys, Patreon community funds the Refined Collective, where I'm able to record these conversations, pay my team because of your faithful support. So I want to acknowledge you. I want to thank you. And if this podcast has been a blessing to you, if you enjoy it, I would love to invite you to join our Patreon. You can join it for as little as five bucks a month. And when you do, you get access to exclusive weekly Patreon videos that I record and put up for you. A few recent ones that I've done are how to make adult friends, how I got out of $30,000 debt, should I date a spiritual leader, are my emotions bad, and I have a ton, a ton more. So if you're interested in that, go to patreon.com slash the refined collective. You can learn more there and join. Next, one more small little thing, you guys, I bought the domain for my book, sexlessinthecitybook.com. Is now in my possession. So go to sexlessinthecitybook.com. You can see my brand new book trailer that I just recorded. You can also pre order my book directly from that link and instantly get the pre order goodies from that page, which include the first two chapters of my book to read now, a free copy of my journaling and resource guide for the book. VIP access to my insider team and a 15% off discount code to my entire shop. So go to sexlessinthecitybook.com to find more out about my book. Now, on to today's guest. I have the powerful, the queen 
Demetria Stallings. Y'all, the stars have aligned because we have rescheduled this interview about 10 times because of my fault. <laughs> because of my fault. I'm in this weird, nutty book launch schedule, and she's been nothing but gracious with me. So just a few things about Demetria. She's founder of Letters of the Heart, a nonprofit 501c3 organization. It's a ministry focused to empower individuals to understand their true identity and purpose, which I'm all about, and gives them the tools and resources to be prophetic kingdom thought leaders around the world. She's also incredibly dynamic. I think she's a mogul. I think we can safely say Demetria is a mogul. She is a speaker, worship leader, artist, and purpose coach. Her nonprofit organization, Letters of the Heart, helps other organizations develop projects in underrepresented communities. Now, music is a huge outlet for her. However, I love how she says this, worship is her lifestyle. Her latest CD, Letters of the Heart, expresses the love and hope that is found in Jesus. The CD is available for purchase on all digital outlets, so check it out. If you want to know her more, visit DemetriaStallings.com. That's D-E-M-E-T-R-I-A-S-T-A-L-L-I-N-G-S.com to stay connected with her. All right. What's up, girl? Thank you so much for being here. (laughs) Yay! Thank you, Kat. I'm so excited about this. Girl, you are making Jesus famous, and girl, you are doing your thing. I'm super excited about your book, too. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. And thank you so much for your grace and all the back and forth. I just... I told my I told my assistant Kitty, I was like, Kitty, you're gonna have to have some special grace for me in this season because I've never done a book before. <laughs> and I don't really my schedule really isn't mine right now. And you've just been so kind and gracious. Oh. And oh. I'm really grateful for you. Well, you know, thank you so much. And thank you for all the things that you it's just so encouraging. I think one of the things that we need to do is celebrate one another mm. and um encourage one another. Um, not just women. Yes, that's important and imperative. Yeah. Um, but just people who are doing things that are really good to help society. Um, mm. And what I like to say, make God's name famous. And so mm. me, I think, listen, whatever I can do to be of help to you, I, I, I want to do that. <laughs> oh, thanks, girl. I appreciate you. Also, this is, I don't know if we're going to show the video of this call, but this is the first time I've done a video call in three years for my podcast. <laughs> And I am here in my in so my cool. closet, and you are dressed to the nines. You have beautiful light on your face. You have your hair done. You have a dress on. You're just. We have to show this video just so everyone can see how on point you are today. Oh my goodness, <laughs> you're so kind. But you know, I love these things because um, it just shows like where we've come from. Like, dude, like your schedule. I can't imagine what it's like. And then you're you're still showing up <laughs> in the closet. You're doing yeah. it, girl. Like, I love it. I love, yeah. love, love, love. Never despise those small beginnings. Come Never on. despise come those on. small beginnings. It's funny because half the time I'm recording my podcast at 30 Rock in Manhattan. And it's the most fancy, sexy thing ever. And then I think God just wants to keep me humble and be like, you know what, Kat? You're still, never forget where you came from. You came from the closet. (laughs) I love, now we're here. (laughs) Now we're here. Started from the closet, now we're here. But we're going to go back to the closet just to keep you humble. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Now, okay, before we get into our topic today, you just launched a really interesting course called Living a Prophetic Life. Yes. And 
I would just love for you to kind of say, tell me, what is that and why are you doing it? Yeah, no, totally. I felt um, a while back that a lot of people had questions about the prophetic or how to hear the voice of God. And it's been something that's kind of been, at least in my sphere, um, something that's been a regular topic. But what Mm. we're not talking about is how do you literally apply the voice of God to every single thing you do in your everyday life, where Mm. we're literally... Um, I think we take out the spooky from the prophetic, if you will, um, Mm -hmm. and just say, no, I have a relationship with God. And every single person who has a relationship with God can learn how to hear his voice and take his voice and make decisions Mm -hmm. with clarity, no matter whether they're parents, mothers, fathers, Mm -hmm. children, whatever sphere of influence you're in, in the marketplace, um, in the entertainment community. Like, I think there are things that we stress about. And we don't necessarily have to, not that we're not going to have those moments, Mm -hmm. but we can have the tools and the resources in order to make clear, um, precise decisions so that we can move forward with, um, yeah, that's enough. The word is to be precise, Mm -hmm. you know, um, in life. And so I felt the need to do that. Um, and I've walked through some crazy, crazy things, especially recently, um, moving Mm -hmm. from Virginia to Orlando, Florida, um, all off on a word from the Lord, not coming to a job, nothing, all off from the word of the Lord. And I have seen him show up time in and time out um, because of my decision to say yes. Mm-hmm. But I walk people through that process mm-hmm. um, of decision-making in that. So, yep. And then I have some amazing friends that are going to come on yeah. that are prophetic voices and yeah. share some nuggets and in interviews. So, yep, that's that's. Uh, I think that's so good. And I think what's so important about what you're doing is, <clears throat> excuse me, the prophetic can feel kind of weird and woo-woo yep. if you don't know what it is. And maybe you're listening and you don't even know what 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 is what is prophetic? What does that even mean? Yeah. And I remember being in Bible school and going through my Old Testament class and my teacher being a prophet is a truth teller. <laughs> <laughs> so prophets, you know, you have all these Old Testament prophets, Jeremiah, Isaiah, and there's, I think so many people focus on the <clears throat> future telling you know, the words, but so much of prophetic is speaking life and speaking blessing and understanding the power of our words, the power of our thought life. And in that sense, everyone, every human has access to the Mm -hmm. prophetic. Mm -hmm. Every human has access to the voice of God because God made humans in God's image. And God said, that we are his sheep and we hear his voice. Come on. And so I just think that you are going to equip thousands, hopefully millions of people uh, to you. really tap into what they've had access to all along. Oh, I love that. Um, Kat, I love that you said that tap into what they have had access to all along is very, very similar to what you're even doing in the course of releasing your book and helping people to walk through their process Mm -hmm. is just that there are things that we have access to. We're just not utilizing them. Mm -hmm. And I really feel that there are many people, even maybe some of um, your listeners that are listening to like listening to this right now are are watching and saying, Hey, um, I, I feel like there's something in me stirring. I feel like I'm supposed to be doing something more than what I'm doing. Even if it's again, being a parent, there's something I'm supposed to be equipping my children with. Mm. We really do have these access. It's just now, will you allow yourself to invest in yourself to get the tools that you need? I'm not getting your new book, you know, things of that nature. 
um, to help people. I love that you said that, girl. That's so good. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I'm here for it. I am. I I grew up and I I think for a long time, I felt as though, oh, the prophetic is for those charismatic people. Welcome. And then I became one of those charismatic yeah. people. And then now I'm in a process of, and I don't even like saying this because I think there's so much that comes with the word deconstruction right now in faith yeah. circles, but I am in a process of deconstructing a lot of shameful narratives that I received from church culture growing up, yeah. which is a huge part of what my book is about, mm-hmm. i.e. is my body bad? Yeah, is on. it my job to protect men from lust? Yeah, is on. Is God for women? Are women supposed to be preaching? You know, all these things. And so I'm in this space where I'm really challenging a lot. And I yeah. think it's important to share, you can be in a place of asking questions, doubting, in that deconstruction, but we deconstruct so we can rebuild. We deconstruct so that we can have a renewed vision of God's heart for us. And so in that, it's, I feel like I don't really know where to put myself. I'm like, I love Jesus. I'm like deconstructing. I love the Holy Spirit. I love prophecy. I'm doubting a lot. (laughs) I love that. But I think that's the beauty of, um, of growth and, um, and Christianity. I think, um, one of the things that we have to do is we have to be raw and know truth. I mean, we have to know who we are. Um, you said it earlier, the Lord says uh, in the Bible, my sheep hear my voice and a stranger they do not listen to. But mm-hmm. how do we do that unless we have a relationship? And I think sometimes we take Christianity and and not just the prophetic, but we take Christianity and make it spooky, period, of yeah. these rules and these laws that don't allow us really to be free. Mm-hmm. Jesus said he came to come into the earth to set us free, not to yes. bind us, not to yeah. hold us back. And so I think uh, the beauty of is the deconstruction must happen in order for life to come and flow out of a building foundation has to be laid in order for a building to, to take place. And so the deeper you dig um, in a foundation for a building, the taller it grows. And so not that we want to only be a building that grows tall, but we want to have substance. And I think that's why a lot of things are transpiring and some of us are finding ourselves falling or different things, not really knowing what we believe it's because we're not taking the time to really deconstruct and what is real truth um, and mm. what is the word of God and what does Christ say about right. truth? And so, yeah. So, yeah, that's so good. And I think something that I've been kind of sitting with in that is, I, and I would love to hear your thoughts. It's still kind of percolating in my, in my own mind and in my own theology. But what I, what I have kind of am percolating on is this idea that we give rules to produce conformity. Mm. But love produces transformation. Come on. And so what do we do with the rules that we see in Scripture? Or I don't even like to even call them rules. I like to call them invitations. I love it. You know? Yes, that's you my know? word. Oh, it is? Right. I love it. You're <laughs> so, awesome. So the, the Bible does invite me as a single person yes. to abstain from sex. Yes. And so how do I take that invitation and not make it a rule to shame, to produce conformity, but to have a love-filled, robust vision that produces transformation in my life and and to be countercultural in the world around me. And so I wanted to hear your thoughts on just that idea of rules, conformity, 
love transformation. Yeah, dude, it's so, I love, love that you said that because it is our perspective. When our perspective begins to change, we're able to live out the fullness of who we really were designed to be. Co-heirs with Christ. He Mm. says he has drawn us with loving kindness. That's what the Bible says. That's what Jesus says um, out of the word of God is with loving kindness have I drawn you. And so it's love that um, casts out fear. It's not fear and rules. And like you said, conformity or something that is going to constrain us. Honestly, Christianity should be causing us to be free. Who the Mm. sun sets free. This is another scripture. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Not who the sun sets free to go to church, to sit in a pew with a mask on, to read their Bible from sunup to sundown Mm. and doesn't have a life. No, I believe that we're supposed to be set free to have a life with Christ. And so mm-hmm. love changes things. It's not the fear of things. And so I totally agree with mm-hmm. everything that you're saying. Those are my thoughts. I, mm-hmm. I, I try to live out of that space naturally because yeah. we're human beings. There are times that, um, and because of society, especially American society and what has transpired in so many different arenas, I won't go yeah. deep into that. Um, but um, we, we need rules. We do need structure, but we have to, um, we have to look at it as I do this because of my relationship and because of my love. I don't right. do it because of the rules and my boundaries that are set right. before me that won't allow me to be. And so yeah. perspective, um, is everything. I love that you said that. That's yeah. so good. Yeah. I just wonder what would happen culturally in the church in just every, every sense if we started with the heart. Come on. Like, I just, it, I always think of Simon Sinek, his TED Talk that went <laughs> viral, one of the most watched TED Talks in the whole entire world. And he's talking about how successful business owners create really like very, very financially successful businesses. And he says, start with the why. Every company knows what they do. Some people know how to do it. Very few people know why they do it. But if you okay. know the why... That's what makes the most compelling companies. And he says, Martin Luther King didn't say, I have a plan. He said, I have a dream. He said, I have a dream. So Martin Luther King, he was enrolling people into a greater vision. And I think that's what faith is, right? Faith is saying, here's what today is. Here's what my circumstances, here's what my circumstances have been. But faith is choosing to believe a more ultimate reality. Yeah. It's saying this, yeah. this might be what it is today, but I want to speak possibility, which again, isn't that the prophetic? Yeah, come <laughs> on, seriously. And I love that you even said, so you said faith is substance and you said mm-hmm. it's the ultimate reality because substance is ultimate reality. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one thing I want to say, and then I'll, I'll, I'll definitely digress, but <laughs> I love, 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 man, it's stirring in my heart. And I feel like somebody literally needs to hear this today. And so that's probably why the direction is kind of going this way. But, um, uh, I was running one day and I had finally said yes to something that my heart was like struggling with. Do I, do I jump from, do I jump from working, having a house to jumping into, um, like starting to pay off debt, Mm. sell my house, do all kinds of things. And long story short is I went on a run that like a couple, when I finally said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. When I finally made the decision after prayer, um, I went on a run and I heard with all my heart, it was almost like this sweet. And this is how I love relationship can be with Christ. I was running and I really heard the Holy Spirit 
speak to my heart is like, Demetria, everyone needs to heal holistically. Mm-hmm. You can have a plan. You can have a vision. You can have a dream. But until they heal mind, body, soul, and spirit, until you allow your mind, your body, your soul, and your spirit, including our heart, to heal mm-hmm. fully, you're not going to be able to have longevity of that mm-hmm. plan. And so you specifically spoke about the heart. And that's part of the holistic healing is allowing our hearts to walk through the things that we need to walk through or process what we need to process. Mm-hmm. I talk about it in your book. You know, if we don't allow ourselves to heal from these things, then we are not going to have the longevity to hold relationships, right. vision, dream, business. It will crumble after a while, or we might burn out um, mm-hmm. because we're not allowing ourselves to heal in those areas. So yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's so good, and it needed to be said. And and I think it's a perfect little segue to what we wanted to talk about. We wanted to talk about healing the trauma of our past today, and it's it was one of those things. It must have been a God moment. I don't know why it was. As soon as I thought about when I want to do this topic, you came to mind. I followed you on Instagram for a while, and I said, "I that's what I want to talk to Dimitri about." (laughs) But I get asked all the time from single women. How can I be intentional in my singleness? What can I do to date? How do I put myself out there? And honestly, I think any any journey starts by looking inward. Yeah. How did I get here? What are the patterns in my life? So the number one thing I say before anything else, before you download that dating app, before you enter into marriage, or even if you are entered into marriage, Make your priority working on your ish. Be willing to heal the trauma of your past. And so what I wanted to ask you is, first of all, do you agree with the statement, if you don't heal your past, it will haunt you? Yeah, I totally uh, agree with that statement. I do believe that um, what the Bible says, who the sun sets free is free indeed. However, you can have freedom. You can release a dog that has been chained up Mm. in a cage for years, but they will always go back to that cage and because it's home for them if somebody doesn't teach them the progress that no, you really are free. Mm. So this doesn't belong to you. And so if we don't deal with things that we are, it will haunt us to return back to the situation or return back into the circumstances Mm. that we are in. So I totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I think for a long time I thought it sounded a little weird and woo-woo, like like attracts like, or or you attract your vibe attracts your tribe, or <laughs> if you you create your reality. I thought that sounds like weird, but the more I've kind of worked through my own process, I've realized actually I have mul- many, many, many times over recreated the pain of my past yeah. because I wasn't willing to look at it. And because I didn't think they were related. And so so I'm like, like, oh, no, I don't. My failed relationships with men have nothing to do with my relationship with my dad. No, (laughs) not at all. I'm just, there's just bad guys in the church. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, I'll ask you first and then I'll share my own. But how have you experienced sort of the trauma of your past keeping you from your future? Yeah, that's so good. So um, I I will let people know this. So I am a divorcee. I um, 
12 years now, um, being divorced. Um, but because of some of the traumas and the things that I walked through and I won't go into great depth, maybe one day I'll write about, it, I don't know, or share more in depth, but because of some of the trauma and the things that I had experienced, the relationships after that, a lot of it, I would actually, um, I don't want to say sabotage. Um, I think I was more fearful. So I allowed fear mm. to get in the way of, um, am I worthy of uh, great love or am I even worth or worthy of being um, happy single or is do I need to be with somebody? It's almost like these patterns and the thoughts of I can't do life without somebody because I was married. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of things happened to the, so much trauma to even uh, I, I miscarried. And so mm -hmm. like there was a lot of hurt, a lot of pain and all the disappointment in that whole thing. So now another, a relationship shows up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be disappointed. So let me do all in my power to be the perfect girlfriend or perfect mm. girl so that none of this ha happens. I've got close to his parents and um, all these things. And all of a sudden things just started like cycling into the same system mm. of they, he didn't love me or this didn't happen. Like, and, and I'm like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? And I wasn't dealing with the hurt and the pain of my heart. And so these patterns mm. started happening when I would meet certain guys. And I, I wasn't in a lot of relationships um, mm -hmm. afterwards, but it would be in this cycle of me not feeling worthy. And so because I wasn't worthy, I constantly was okay with behaviors that were not good for me mm -hmm. and behaviors of my lifestyle. So then my focus became so much the relationship and how to fix it, or maybe we're going to enter into, you know, more depth of relationship. Mm -hmm. um, but because of all of that and not dealing with that, things that I could have been doing with my music, with, you know, stuff that really brought me joy with writing, with a lot of that stuff was put on hold and it wasn't until, and don't get me wrong. I've had like, God has really blessed me with some amazing opportunities. Um, um, but it isn't till now in my forties, which is crazy. I just turned 40. Um, well, I shouldn't say just six months ago. <laughs> That's awesome. But now <laughs> in my forties, I finally feel like I have allowed myself, and I'm not saying we're not going to constantly heal, but I've mm. allowed myself to lean into relationship with Christ, to ask mm. him to heal me, to go to counselors, to go to therapists, to mm. walk through the steps that I need to take. And everybody's step is different. Mm. And and all what you need to do to heal, heal, you know, to, to have friendships and relationships that I get to go on walks with and talk with and be really honest and vulnerable of where I am in my heart and what's going on, mm -hmm. what I'm fearful about, what I'm not. And all these things, like, because I've allowed that, I feel like now in my forties, I'm finally at the cuffs of really being able to live what I was destined to do because mm -hmm. my focus isn't on how am I not worthy or how am I not in a relationship or how, you know, or how can I fix this relationship? Yeah. So it, it depleted, it depleted me and it took away something that was so valuable and that's time. Yeah. Um, and so that, that's something that I, I wanted, wanted to share. Um, and one day I'll maybe go into great depth, but just because of yeah. time, I just, I just feel like, yeah, married after that divorce lost babies, so all this stuff happened. And then I entered into relationships that I was so scared to lose that mm. I lost them and yeah. trying to <clears throat> fix them. Um, I lost time and I lost myself. 
And every relationship should actually be complementary that allows you to be more of who you are um, instead of you trying to focus on making something work um, and focusing on making them them. So, yeah. Mm. I think it's so interesting. Something that stood out to me when you shared was you said you were feeling unworthy and then you were attracting and becoming in relationships that made you feel unworthy. Yeah. <clears throat> and so what I think about in that is how powerful our thought life is. And when we are so committed to a narrative, <clears throat> consciously or subconsciously, look what we can create. So when I and I was committed to the I'm I'm not worthy conversation for 30 plus years myself. And in that I created that. I recreated those results. I entered into relationships with guys who cheated on me, ran around on me, didn't want to introduce me to their friends or family. And I constantly felt not enough, too much, completely unworthy. But I was I was a part of creating that dynamic. And I don't want to dismiss any sort of abuse. There's in no way, sense, or form in any of this am I saying it's your fault when something abusive happens to you. I'm not saying that at all, but I got to a point in my own journey where I realized you want to know who's the common denominator in all of these scenarios. It's me. And I wonder if I'm so good at creating the result that I'm not worthy. (laughs) I wonder what would happen if I started believing a counter narrative. And I wonder if that's what scripture means when it invites us to take our thoughts captive. And to think on that which is lovely, pure, holy, good, life-giving, abundance. And so how that showed up for me is I was, I I haven't been married, but I dated this guy off and on for several years in my 20s. And first of all, I thought he was like the hottest thing that I had ever seen. And it's funny because <laughs> yeah. now when I, I'll rarely see a picture of him fly by on some social media platform and I don't feel anything towards him, which feels like such an answer to prayer because I thought for the longest time that he was the best thing since sliced bread. Wow. But I totally thought, oh my gosh, I can't believe a guy like that is going for a girl like me. You know, I'm just a piece of crap and he's so amazing. And he never wanted to fully commit to me, ran around with other women and would cancel plans last minute or just not show up told me he didn't want to be in a serious relationship with me. But I thought, oh, he'll change for me. And I just, he would give me scraps and I would just take them like they were, they were everything. And I remember he, I finally got to a point where I realized this is never going to be what I want. And he's never going to be, basically I'm falling for his potential. Not who he really is. Mm -hmm. And we don't marry someone based off who they say they're going to be or who their potential is, but who they are and who they're committed to being. And so I brought it up and I I said, I can't do this anymore. Or actually, before I I said, I can't can't do this anymore if this isn't going to be more. And he left me on red for about three days, I think. And then he just responded back, I'm done. Mm. And I was gutted and heartbroken. And also mystified because I felt in every other area of my life, I felt so confident. Mm -hmm. And why was I just accepting such poor treatment from this guy? 
clearly he was not a great guy. And so I started going to therapy and my therapist just wanted to talk about my dad. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about my dad. My dad and I are good. And finally, I mean, I was so prickly. I was probably (laughs) the worst person to therapy to. But essentially what it kind of got down to is she was, she said, you know, who your dad is today to you, because at that time, my dad and I had a beautiful relationship. Mm -hmm. She says, that isn't impacting your present as much as who he was to you growing up. Wow. And there was dysfunction in my house growing up. He struggles with addiction. He was in and out of our lives. Mm -hmm. And I realized this guy that I was dating was in so many ways, a manifestation of the patterns of who my dad was. Wow. And I was just like, like me, love me, stick around for me, change for me, be willing to commit to me. And it was one of the biggest eye-opening moments where I realized I'm going to keep creating this unless I go back to that young girl inside me that feels abandoned and rejected by her dad and left alone and forgotten and unworthy. And I don't know what your healing process was and is like, but it's, it was not overnight for me at all. Mm -hmm. And now I'm about 10 years into that process. And I still have moments where I'm like, Oh, wow, I'm, I'm acting out of low self worth right now. Wow, this is costing me something. Um, So that that was kind of one of my experiences. And so what I wanted to ask you is how, how do you identify? First of all, I think how many women can relate to the experience that you and I have both had? Yeah. I mean, I, I would be very shocked if there were a hundred that could not, yeah. you know, yeah. like, like yeah. to be honest, like I would be, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So how, how do you identify if you're stuck in the trauma of your past? How do I know, oh man, I know this is this this situation that's happening at work, but this is not about work. It's about X, Y, Z. How do you get there? Yeah. You know, I think it's, it's coming to the understanding one, when you're starting to find yourself constantly fill in the blank, frustrated, Mm. um, sad, um, not happy, um, uncomfortable when there has been a consistency of days and days and days and weeks that turn into months that could potentially even turn into a year or more. Um, when you are constantly not feeling fulfilled or full of life, um, and you're feeling like you might be even being, um, stolen from Mm. those are the moments where you have to be like, hold on, wait a minute, especially if your personality doesn't lean to that. Mm. Um, it could, I, it could be your personality is very bubbly. Um, I went through a stage, well, I, I really enjoy fashion and I love, and I don't, I don't always wear dresses. There are times I'm hoodie and glasses and, but still it's fashion and rock some J's like it's still fashion. Like I enjoy that, but it got to a point where I wasn't doing my hair, my makeup, just dressing any kind of way. Like that was counter intuitive to what, who I was. Mm. Um, and so when you find yourself, I think that's some of the um, signs and, and yeah. this isn't just, and, and I feel even listeners that are listening, if you have friends that you're seeing some of these patterns, mm. pay attention and be there uh, for yeah. them as well, because it's not just for us. I think it's also for 
people that are around us that wow. have been gifts. And as you said, kind of love how you said it is the invitation to be in a relationship with an individual. So, yeah. um, so that would be one. The other thing I would say is when you are just plain rude to every single person, or you're finding yourself lashing out, or you're just irritated with every single person, like no one person is that mad without mm. issues or without fault or without you not dealing with those things. Um, and then the last thing, if we want to be practical in relationships, I would mm. say is when you're finding yourself giving all of your attention, all of your energy, all of your time to an individual, and you're not focusing on you at any cost mm. or family members or friends, there's no balance. It's only mm. them. And so those are the three things that red flags um, Ooh, yeah. What are, are, what, are you, what are your thoughts? First of all, I think those are so good just to notice. It's like one of my best friends, she says, you know, I know I'm not doing well when she's like, it's okay for me to watch two or three episodes of Friends at <laughs> night. But she says, if I've watched 10 episodes of something on Netflix, I, I know something's stirring up or I'm trying to avoid something. Yeah. yeah. I'm numbing out. It's, it's one thing to go on TikTok or Instagram and I love finding funny videos. I live for America's Funniest Video is my all-time favorite. It's oh, so awesome. I love that. <laughs> so I'll just be on that that scroll. And it's one thing if it's, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Another thing, an hour goes by, yeah. two hours go by, or I get my weekly report from Apple and they're they're all, you spent 10 hours a day on your phone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I'm avoiding something, you know, just kind of how you said, if if I'm only focused on the other person and yeah. not focused on my own self, then, okay, yeah. what am I not wanting to look at? I yeah. think that that's so good. And, and in that, I, a few things that came to my mind is when I get so focused on someone else, that causes me to think of me being triggered by other people's behavior. Wow. I.e., man... Oh, I don't like hanging out with so and so. They're so controlling. <laughs> or I don't like hanging out with him. He always has to be right. Mm. And one of my coaches in the past used to tell me, You spot it, you got it. Whoa. So, so if, good. Right. So if I am triggered by the person who always has to be right, is it because I resent myself for having that same capacity? Yeah. And I, I think also kind of in line with always looking at the other people is I'll find myself sometimes reacting to a situation where the crime doesn't fit the punishment. Wow. And it could be something big or just as little as I've been in New York City and I'm running up and down the subways and I'm late. And by the end of the day, I bump into someone and, hey, get out of my way. And I realize, okay, first of all, <laughs> this person hasn't done anything to me. What's really going on for me? So I can I can pretty much identify if I am being triggered by something that's not about the present yeah. when I feel like I'm overreacting mm -hmm. to a situation. And then I would say the third thing that I think about is the always never statements in my in my life. Mm. So I'm always the friend guys never want to be my boyfriend. Mm. I always get passed up for the promotion. I'm never going to get out of debt. 
when I hear myself speaking in the those extreme languages, it makes me curious about why am I believing that, especially if it's rooted in fear, yes, or scarcity, yeah. or uh, or if it's allowing me to be stuck in a victim mentality. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just always gonna be the bridesmaid. Poor me. I'm always forgotten. No one listens to me ever. So I think being able to get curious with those always never statements. And I think we all have them. We just kind of have to start paying attention. And I, I, I always have a little notebook with me or the notes on my iPhone and I'll just create a list. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a narrative. I guess I believe. Wow. And sometimes we don't even notice them because they just feel so true. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that you make a note. I think we have to put practical steps and things to do in order to pay attention to things. And I love that you just even make a note. I love that. Now, it's one thing to identify, right? Mm -hmm. But how do we move towards wholeness? How do we begin that process of looking inward? And so I wanted to get real practical. So if someone's hearing this, what's something that a person can do this week? And then what's a per- something a person can do this month and then something this year? Because I think there's the there's the quick step and then there's the long haul yeah. of we change patterns by being committed to something over a long period of time. So what's something short term, kind of midterm and longer term that people can do? I love that you said it um, because like you said, you got to be practical and grow with your practicality. Um, there's something that uh, a quote that I love quoting constantly from Will Smith. And he says, just decide mm-hmm. who are you going to be? What is it going to be? Just decide, just make a decision. And I think for this week is those who are listening, just decide, decide what is going to change in your life and be like, I'm done with this. And I'm saying yes to this, um, Mm. um, and, and shift. So decide. So that would be for, uh, the week. Um, and the, the, the month I would say, begin to put things in place so that you can fulfill that decision whether it is um, the following week, I'm going to set up an appointment with the therapist or I'm going to be very raw and honest with a friend and ask them to keep me accountable or to help me process this. Mm-hmm. Somebody that I trust wholeheartedly that is not broken themselves that <laughs> will give me negative advice. Like you, you, you want somebody that you know is going to give you um, um, advice that will help the change or mm-hmm. be uh, contribute to the change. Um, and then, um, I would say for the, for the year out is I would say, do something like set a goal that set a goal in that month, like in a month time frame. by this time next year, I will be, I'm going to take a vacation to do this, mm. to celebrate. And then when you get to that year, do it. Mm-hmm. Go enjoy life. And this is not negating all three stages of this is honestly be raw with God. Like take a moment to sit and say, God, I'm here. And this is something that helped heal me, Kat. Something that I did constantly in the beginning of my divorces. I don't feel like talking to you, God, Mm -hmm. because I'm so hurt and I'm so broken. And I'm not saying this is necessarily your fault. I just don't feel like talking. Mm. but will you sit in the space with me? Will you sit in the space with me and just be with me? 
and I would be still. It could be 15 minutes. It could be 30 minutes, but I would be right there in my pain and all it was, but I really did surrender my heart and my process to Christ to be with me and walk with me, the Holy Spirit to walk with me. And so those are the things I would say is some practical things that you could do. Yeah, I think that's so good. And man, Will Smith dropping the heat just aside. (laughs) And one of my pastors talks about the crystallization of discontent, Mm -hmm. which I feel like is a big fancy phrase for just aside. (laughs) But he talks about how in every transformation process, you have to get to a place where it's no turning back. It's you're so discontented with the way things are that you can't go any further the way things are going. And it's that crystallization of discontent where you say, no more. Whether it's, I am done believing I'm unworthy. I am done believing that God is holding out on me. I am done believing that my life will start when I get a diamond ring on my finger. Come on. I am done with the addiction. I am done with hiding. And that moment of just the crystallization of discontent, let that activate your your movement and put you on a new path. And I think other things that I'm hearing and what you're saying is the ability to get curious with yourself and God and others. Yeah. What are the patterns in my life? What are the beliefs that I'm believing? Where are they pointing me towards? Are they rooted in fear or freedom? Am I willing to invest in my wholeness? So good. Am I willing to put my money where my mouth is? Because yes, invite community into that, but therapists get their PhDs for a reason. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You know? So even just, I love coaches, you know, coaches like you, be willing to invest into your wholeness. I think one of the biggest breakthroughs that I have experienced is putting my money where my mouth is and say, because I have the, I had the conversation, I can't afford to invest into my full wholeness. Actually, I can't afford not to. Yeah. And sometimes the biggest breakthrough is you getting to the place where you say that you are worth the financial investment to your freedom. Mm -hmm. So I, I just, I, I I just feel like I needed to say that. I love that. I love that. Especially when you said like, you cannot afford not to, I think Mm -hmm. the investment is what is, is the first, like you said, there's a, I, I, that's my word imitation. So I'm going to say it again. Come on, say but it again, girl. The, <laughs> the invitation. Okay. But the, there's an invitation to make a choice. Like we said, and once we make that decision, it's, am I going to be willing to invest in myself? Even if it means I can't get coffee for an entire six months, you know, whatever <laughs> it is that I need to do mm-hmm. to make the proper alignment yeah. um, um, for yeah. life. And so I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Would you fight for yourself the way you fought for your best friend's wholeness? Come on. You know? Yeah. I think about, man, I I spent so much of my time focusing on her problems. (laughs) What if I spent half amount of that time looking inward and inviting God into my own story? Come on. So, well, girl, thank you so much for your heart, your wisdom, your prophetic voice in this episode. I just think you are an incredible woman. And I'm so excited to just know you now and see you face to face and hopefully be friends. And yeah, so I'm grateful for you. Thanks for sharing your heart. And 
before hopping off, I know we shared people your website, but is there any other way people can keep in touch with you, get your course, all that yummy stuff? Yeah, um, everything is on the website, DemetriaStallings.com, D-E-M-E-T-R-I-A-S-T-A-L-L-I-N-G-S.com. Yes, I know it's long, but it's my name. <laughs> so yeah, but I have the course information's on there. If you need a coach, I, I consider myself a purpose coach. So I help people to cast vision or to necessarily walk through their process of what their circumstances is at the moment. Um, and so that's all the information that's on there. And man, oh yeah, social media, girl. Instagram is my thing. I love yes. Instagram. Like, okay, Facebook and all the other platforms, but Instagram, I, I'm, I'm for the gram. I do it for the yes. gram, okay? Do it for the gram. <laughs> for the gram. If you know that saying, then you might be my age. I'm just saying. Anyway, <laughs> love it. I love it. But girl, I am so honored to have been on here. And can I say this one last thing? Please. I just really feel like there's somebody who is listening that has been at a, um, a line of decision making, not just uh, for yourself, but I feel like you have children. Um, and I feel specifically that it's a woman. It could be a man, but I feel like you need to know that today things do change because you do have the strength. And I want to cry, like thinking mm. of this. I really believe somebody's listening that you really do have the strength to say yes. And there is courage inside of you um, that you don't realize that is inside of you. And so you are not a cat. You are a lioness. Come on. Like to say that to you, that you're not a cat. You're a lioness and that God really is for you. And if he is for you, who can be against you? And although it won't always be easy, keep moving forward. Keep pushing past the difficulties because you and your kids are going to be just fine. Just mm. saying yes. Keep saying yes. So I just felt that was important to share. So good. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All, All right. right. We'll chat soon. Yes. Yay. All right, friend. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Refined Collective Podcast. I just keep thinking about that Will Smith quote, just decide. Here's the deal. If you have pain from your past that is keeping you from your future and keeping you stuck in your present, I just want to normalize that experience. Welcome to being a human being. Every human being has pain and trauma and wounds from their past. It's just a part of being human. And if you feel stuck, then I have great news for you. You don't have to be stuck. You can... Like Will Smith said, like Demetria said, just decide. Allow this to be a moment of the crystallization of discontent in your life to propel you towards a growth mindset, towards a growth journey. Get curious. What are the always and nevers in your life? What are the things that trigger you and other people? Is it possible that those things trigger you because you yourself may have the capacity for the same things? Do you have moments in your life where the crime doesn't necessarily fit the punishment? Get curious about it and then make active steps towards wholeness. Be willing to get a coach. Be willing to go to therapy. Be willing to join the 12-step program. You are not alone, friend. And I am so grateful that you're here. Get ready for next week. Next week, I am talking about dating 
and specifically the idea that dating is a curb, not a cliff. How do we remove the pressure and awkwardness from dating? I have dating expert, Dr. Christy Kadarian with us next week. So get ready. It's on fire. It's going to be fun. All right. Talk to you soon. 